someone threads a frame of yours through a sprocket, you'll be alive again. You see what that means? One day, every person on every film shot this year will be dead. And one day, all those films will be pulled from the walls. And all their ghosts will dine together, and adventure together, go to the jungle to war together. A child born in 50 years will stumble across your image, flickering on a screen, and feel he knows you, like, like, like a friend. Though you breathed your last before he breathed his first. You've been given a gift. Be grateful. Your time today is through, but you'll spend eternity with angels and ghosts. Hey everyone and welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Thank you all so much for pressing play on this week's episode, on any episode. If you like what you hear this week, go ahead and open the podcast platform of your choice. Press play some more, press subscribe. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcast because those algorithms help us a lot. They help get the word out to other movie lovers like yourself. Um, you can find us on social media at Cinephile Attack. And if you have it in your heart and your wallet to donate to our movie-loving cause, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash WCA. We never want you to donate if it in any way causes you financial hardship, but uh, your presence is a present. In itself. Her. But if you're rolling in dough. Hey. I don't know. A little fiber. Maybe, maybe back us. I don't know. Hey, friends. Hey. How we doing? Hi. Gucci. I have Good. a question for Mella. Mm-hmm. Did you continue watching Daisy Jones and the Six? Um, Kind of, sort of. As in, I continued, but I am not caught up. Okay. I finished it today. Is my oh, last game. Shit. So um, you liked it, or you don't know? No, I was unsure the whole way through, and I think it's just because it's a story about a band who are deeply flawed and hard to like a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very good. It ends oh. very, very, very well. I knew you were a little on the fence at the beginning too. I was, yeah, but it it's worth watching. For sure. Okay. Yeah. The, that first episode I was pretty skeptical about. And we kind of talked about it over dinner. It was like, I know that I have a thing with age in movies. And if people don't look their age and all of mm-hmm. that. And that is a very big thing with like the time jump. So I have a hard time letting that go. But I had to let it go because it's not really a big thing after a while. So I was just like, um, I'll give the second episode a try. 
I think I'm on second or third episode. So I'm I'm on the third. Okay. <laughs> you know better than me. I never know. I could be well, almost finishing I, a season <laughs> of something and he's like, You're almost done. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I've jumped back in like in and out with you because I'm like I said, I love Riley. Mm-hmm. If it gets better, I I do want to jump in. Back yeah, in. like she hasn't become really anyone yet. So I'm no, still she, very... she her trajectory and just her storyline overall are really well done, but she is a star. She's really, really good in this. Okay. I'm gonna keep watching them. Yeah. Sorry. I saw Scream again. <laughs> <laughs> How many what's the count? Where are you at now? I'm only at two. Only at two. Okay. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Wow. I'm, I'm be cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, my one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, really, I was babysitting for my niece, and they wanted me to watch uh, a phenomenon on Netflix that had missed me. So I'm two movies into this trilogy of two all the boys I've loved before. Aww, um, so digging it. It's love cute. it. It's so cute. cute. Yeah, I don't have much to say. Everyone's super charming. And I feel like this was the peak of that YA Netflix phenomenon. Absolutely. And, you know, launched Noah Centineo and, and the like. And I, I, I'm into it. Yeah, it's very cute. And Jordan Fisher and um, Lena Condor. Uh, it, it's it's sweet. I, I love a good cheesy rom-com. And this this is that. So I, I have one more to go. And I will... Report back when it, all it the boys like, have been loved. It feels <laughs> like Netflix really needs to, and they it, it, signs are pointing that they are, but like for their own sake, get back to those cheesy rom coms, whether it's a movie or a series. People loved Netflix for that, and then like, what is it, Night Agent that just came out that's getting really good reviews and already renewed? Like, no brain action. Netflix, you've been good at those two things Let's your entire it. lifespan. Pump it Stick out. to that. Just leave it team. at that. And reality TV. We're going to talk about it. Is Love is Blind is Love is Blind a Netflix original? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, nice. Well, good for them. Then yeah, that's it. You like let Amazon and Apple battle it out for the awards. Right. Do what you do best. I mean, they have some they have some juggernauts. They do. They but can it's like... jugger these nuts. You know what I mean? Joshua. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay. All Quiet just swept all the tech categories. Oh, that was a Netflix Ridge? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, I don't think. Me either. Yeah. They got Roma. They got The Irishman. Marriage Story. They're doing pretty They're pretty good at the, at the prestige. So. Power of the Dog almost won last year. Mm-hmm. How good is it? Joshua. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all. This is... Uh, Whatever. I don't have a preamble. Let's get into it. What are we fighting about today? <laughs> and anyone that's been listening for the last few weeks has heard enough of a preamble. Because Rashawn, uh-huh. we are talking about Babylon. Is that talking? That gives me hope. Play that <laughs> trumpet, always, baby. I always forget <laughs> who says fighting and who says talking. So, because I don't oh, pay attention. Fuck. Okay. I think what we have here in Hollywood is high art. It's party time, sparkle time! 
If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger. Yes. Let's go. Something that lasts, that means something. You know, when I first moved to LA, I got your face touching on my back. You know what the signs on all the doors read? No actors or dogs allowed. I changed that. Good morning. Good job for you. I'll do anything. That's the cocksucker they sent to screw us. Yeah! This bitch is stealing the scene right from under me. She's icing her nipples so they perk up through her dress. I ain't icing my nipples. This is natural. What do you say we come in for my close up now? Babylon is a 2022 American American movie. Let's say that. <laughs> I'd call it an written epic. and directed by Damien Chazelle. It stars Brad Pitt, Marco Robbie, Diego Calva, Giovanna Deppo, Lee Jun Lee, and Gene Smart. This is a movie that chronicles the rise and fall of an ensemble of characters throughout Hollywood's transition from silent to sound films in the late 1920s. Babylon. First of all, this comes through me from a request by a fantastic listener by the name of Rory, who wrote us an email uh, about a month ago and uh, asked us to talk about this number one movie of 2022 for myself. The email goes as follows. Dear Attacking Cinephiles, first and foremost, Thank you for all bringing the pod to the people. I hope you guys get to know a little every day about how much you make a difference in your listeners' days. You remind us not just of the importance of moviegoing and sharing your opinions, but the importance of impactful friendships, too. I am here, <laughs> perhaps controversially, to bring Babylon to the pod. I'm not just trying to strike Rashawn's fancy, although if I am, good, you are. <laughs> or because I know it would be divisive as hell, it's because I have a personal relationship with it. Here's why. For New Year's Eve, I learned that I wouldn't be able to spend it with my girl. And since it was at the last minute, I didn't have any other plans. So I spent the day at the movies. At 8.45, I walked into Babylon, the last film I was going to see in 2022. And I walked out feeling like I had just come out of the best, most grand party going on anywhere. It really shook me out of my blues. And aside from all the technical elements, structure, and acting that I so adored, what it did for me that night, I will cherish always. Thanks for listening and for you all being who you are. Your loyal listener and follower, Rory Phillips Rosen. No disrespect to any of the listeners, but that's one of the best emails we've ever gotten. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Such so a sweet. good email. Rory, you are the bomb.com. And we love you too. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for anyone who sends an email. Like I've said time and time again, I promise we were going to get to all of these requests. We have a list. I have a spread. <laughs> I love the fucking spread. He does. The he movies does. are coming. Just, just know, even if you hear an email or not, either the moment you send an email, it gets shared in our personal uh, thread, and we gush about it for yep. like 10 minutes. So Me and Lacey weep a little, and then... A lot. <laughs> a lot. You guys absolutely make our days, our weeks, our months, our year. So here we are. Uh, Babylon is on the pod. I uh, obviously named this as my favorite movie of last year, and I talked about it a lot, so I won't spend too much time at the front here because I know I want to get to the other three opinions. 
Uh, suffice it to say, I still maintain the opinion I had when I first saw it. I watched it two days ago. It's incredible. I, I, I love this movie. It's everything I want in the film. It has fantastic acting. The technical achievements, as Rory stated, are incredible. The score is my big takeaway and, and why I was crying Oscar night because it lost. It means a lot to me. And I know that's weird to say about a movie that starts off with uh, elephant shit. <laughs> but it just, uh, it, it states a very specific and common theme about the love of movies and the love of making movies. It's not this new, incredibly unique take, but it tells it so brilliantly and so passionately that I'm on board. So I've been in the Babylon Hive from day one, and I'm not leaving. <laughs> Let's do this. I have a safe spot. I saw this movie with her. Carmela, talk to me. Uh, what a flick, man. What a flick. <laughs> Cinema, am I right? <laughs> Damn, Damien Chazelle, you do it again. I had such an amazing time with this movie. This completely would have been in my top had I seen it um, when it came out, but unfortunately I didn't. So I think I saw The Fablemans and then I saw this right afterwards. And it's just that, like, again, that old, like, love letter to old cinema and the magic behind movie making. And I think a lot, a lot of opinions on this film were just like really bad or just kind of indifferent. <laughs> and anytime somebody was like, eh, I didn't like it. I'm like, did we watch the same movie? Like you didn't like it at all. And people would be like, I didn't like it at all. And I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp why. And I'm, I'm interested to hear everyone's thoughts about it, of course. So I, I haven't met somebody yet who's kind of like, I liked it, but not really for me. It's either a yes or a no. And I'm an absolute, I'm an absolute fuck yes for this movie. I think I, I cried. Like I think the whole last 10 minutes of the film, a lot of people say it's overindulgent. And I think that's like one of the best parts about it. It's jam packed with fucking everything. And it's three hours long, which I y'all know I normally hate, but this I sat right through it and I loved every bit of it. So definitely a yes. Thumbs up. Both thumbs. Thumbs up. Okay. Um Ooh. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to go to Josh first. Yeah. <clears throat> My relationship with Damien Chazelle has been noted. It's complicated. You know, respect as a filmmaker. La La Land wasn't for me. Whiplash is a whole nother can of worms that we can get into later. Um, this also movie, this movie has to do a lot with old Hollywood. That's also <laughs> been very well documented with me. <laughs> Melly, you said this movie was either a yes or a no. It's a yes for me, bitch. Oh, this movie God. owns, dude. I like. Whoa. It might have been on my top five at the end of the year if I had seen it in 2022. Whoa. Something about... Uh, this movie is about old Hollywood, but it takes out what I don't like about movies about old Hollywood. Yep. This movie is relentless. This movie is vicious this movie is insane <laughs> uh, 
this movie has a scene that affected me more than maybe any scene I've ever seen in a movie, and we'll talk about it later. This movie owns, dude. I'm gagged. Whoa. Two thumbs way up my ass. <laughs> my jaw is on the ground, people. I am shook it to the core. Okay. Okay, Lacey. <laughs> you got an ally, bitch. <laughs> Rashawn. I'm just going to start with I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This movie literally starts in the first 10 minutes and we see an elephant shit all over somebody. And then in the next 5 to 10 minutes, a woman is pissing all over somebody. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just really, really sorry that I did not listen to you and go see this in theaters because this movie is brilliant. Come on, Rory. A gagatron gaggeth. I literally turned to Josh after we finished watching it yesterday and said, That's a fucking masterpiece. Um, Why? I love Babylon. Let's get into it. Let's Um, get into it. Real quick, um, I have a message to Damien Chazelle. Editing Rashawn, can you play that really quick clip from NBA on TNT of Shaq going, I owe you an apology. I wasn't really familiar with your game. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, I ain't looking for that. (laughs) I'll send it to you. Uh, (laughs) Shaq, I owe you an apology. I wasn't really familiar with your game and, you know, how you travel. Oh, man, you're a casual. You know, played, uh, you know, uh, six teams. Um, God damn. Okay. He was okay. ready to, to, I'm, to defend I'm it. I'm speechless. I don't <laughs> okay. Dude, this movie owns. Well, now that we have the first impressions out of the way, this is still a fairly recent movie. It is streaming on Paramount+. Plus, So I'm just going to throw a spoiler bumper right here. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into the movie. Cool? Yes. Before this tale, bloody revenge reaches its climax. I have a few unanswered questions. It's our little secret. My girlfriend already seen the movie. She said they only play together in the end. Okay. I, I have Someone a couple. Else go. I don't really know what to I say. Have a, like, I have a couple. I have a couple like tiny nitpicks. I do think it's a little too long, uh, and I'm I'm talking 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Um. And I think I understood the message of almost all of the movie, with the exception of I I thought the movie I thought this portion was great, but I didn't understand its necessity or why it was in. But the Tobey Maguire portion. Okay. Okay. We'll and, we'll pin that. Yeah. Okay. That's if I had to lot. if I had to bring up conflict for the pod, it would be <laughs> the Tobey Maguire portion of the movie, and not just because like I thought he was great and it was entertaining, but as as it affects the overall story okay so <laughs> i was now what? i had notes to defend the <laughs> fuck out of you did. i know you did <laughs> delete that spreadsheet baby i had quotes i had reviews i had dissertations <laughs> um were all okay. of them yours half about half of them were mine <laughs> I I said in my um in one of my 
oh my, I've seen this three times now. I've said it in my letterbox review that I think this is a cautionary eulogy um, that kind of sings in conjunction with La La Land. I don't think he could have made this movie until he made La La Land. And I love the conversation that I think it has with La La Land. Um, whereas that movie is, is this very optimistic, hopeful, even though it's sad in points, um, these people all get what they want and, and we never see them fall yeah. after that. Maybe they don't end up together, but that's a price to pay for their ultimate success. And this movie goes a step further, shows us all these people, gives them what they want, and then we have to watch them fall. And I, I think it, it is really, really long. I don't know a three-hour movie that isn't indulgent, so I'm kind of okay with it. And I, I don't ever think that's a bad thing. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And starting it off with elephant shit, I was like, God damn it. I am... God damn it. I have to make Lacey watch this, but fuck. But I think it's necessary for Manny's arc that he's literally at at the bottom of the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, shovel, shoveling literal shit before he has to rise to the top. Nope. Past any other characters, I think. No um, joke. When we turn this on... Lacey and I were just kind of like, as I was loading it up on Paramount, we were like, yeah, I don't know. I saw the reviews that are not both of us went, I don't feel kind of optimistic about it. I don't know. For some reason, I just feel optimistic. We both like had that thought and then cut to three <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> elephant Dookie just pouring. Just. And it's not even a little. Like it's a it's waterfall, not... dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like... No, it's awful. It is straight awful. Into, My face was. As Very Josh is biting into his baked bean burrito. Carmela. <laughs> uh, so let's, let's start with the party. That's this huge oh my like, God. Bac- bacchanalia where we meet everyone. We meet Manny, we meet uh Nelly, we meet Jack, Lady Feiju, and we meet Sydney. It's just like the biggest flex he does and he does this like four times in the movie Mm -hmm. where it's just like edited to the brim the score is blaring and he does like one or two long shot long takes of Mm -hmm. just like look what the fuck i can do yeah and i was just like if this movie keeps up this pace for three hours and it almost does it almost keeps that momentum going through like several sequences but the party is like the pinnacle of it and it's just ah i love it (laughs) it's crazy it's crazy good where do we i want to go to one so bad oh i don't i do not but i love come on just once i was once yeah come on i would like to go to one where there's a little a little too many hard drugs happening oh a Um, lot Uh there's a lot Maybe a little too many titties. I don't say way too many, just a little. Uh. Elephant ratio is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to visit that uh, party with that same human to elephant ratio. Right. Okay. I'd love to go and watch like... I was just going to say, I'd love to go and like observe a party like this. Be in one of the balcony seats just kind of watching it all happen brad pitt mm-hmm. was in a balcony seat mm-hmm. getting it in that's not what, oh. 
I said I like the movie. Why are we being mean to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bonus. Party. It's a it's a it's a party a party favor. You kind of don't have a chance to catch your breath, and it, it it's like breakneck because you're meeting all these people, and then they're doing coke, and then someone's passed out, and someone's overdosing, and then we're looking for people, and it could also it could almost be too much, but I feel like there's a it takes like a precise person to just kind of balance it all so well. Um, and then the focus is just Nelly for 10 minutes. And it's, that's just, you're like, I, I don't know how your body could do that. Yeah. I mean, I, d- room. I don't, I don't, this isn't to take away from anything Damien Chazelle does because his mm-hmm. craft is fully on display in the entirety of this movie. But I also think he made this movie at the perfect time because having, I think, one Diego Calva, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't seen anything else. Holy fuck! So good. Two, so good. maybe one of, if not the biggest movie star in the world right now, Brad mm-hmm. Pitt, and one of the top, not on the rise because she's is where she is, but in the in the next generation movie stars in Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. to anchor the movie with those two, like at any given point in this movie, he can just hold the frame on either of them for minutes at a time and they'll fill it. It doesn't yeah. matter to have both of those actors at exactly the right age to make this movie. I think also did it wonders. I can't imagine either part being anybody else. I think what Babylon does really well too is something that old Hollywood did in that the bit parts, the side characters, the the small parts are all, really well-established, really famous Hollywood people. Like, Jean Smart is in this movie for a grand total of 10 minutes. And every scene she's in, she's incredible. Olivia Wilde is in it for maybe three minutes, like one scene in the car (laughs) with Brad Pitt. But, like, having people of that caliber doing those very small small roles just – takes your okay, whole go production up another Stop this scene again! I will shit on you! I will shit in your mouth! I promise you! Is that clear, Lloyd? Is that good for fucking sound? Now we are going again! Camera and motherfucking sound! I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I'm sorry. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is the first talkie scene with Nelly. And the, I mean, the relentlessness of trying to hit your mark and the microphone. And I mean, it's, it is painful and excruciating. And you can see the sweat rolling down her leg in each take. And, but everyone in that scene down to the, the camera op in the booth, are all very established actors who've been working in the business for decades. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it shows. It, yeah. It's, 
It's amazing. I loved that scene. I'm trying to find, I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays the AD. Mm-hmm. Burn. <laughs> okay. What's his name? PJ Byrne. A long time character actor, like that guy from that thing, like to yeah. a T. Everyone's seen him in something. And for him to get a moment, he knocks out everything out of the park, but like hit a grand slam in this movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for him to ha- like be able to shine in a part like that was fucking rad. I thought one of the undersung people who's not like a huge star um, is Olivia Hamilton, who's um, Damien Chazelle's wife. And she plays the uh, female director that kind of takes Nellie under her wing. And they have this kind of partnership up until a point until she's kind of phased out. But I thought in the two big set pieces that she's in, the first in the desert and then the first with Mm -hmm. the first talking picture, she's just really confident and like still in a lot of, there's a lot of craziness going on around her. And she just has these great, kind of flippant facial expressions i think at one point she's like um okay we'll start dancing after <laughs> nelly has like put her hand on someone's pants and taken a few shots and like hung her whole people. tit out yeah and mm-hmm. she's like uh, okay let's keep going and she has that very a lot of people can seem modern but she fits in this period so well um and i thought it's just like a nice stroke mm-hmm. to have a female director and not really comment on it. Yeah. Yes. I was just going to say, like, there were no female directors then, but you buy it because it's her, mm-hmm. because of her performance. That's the thing I liked about this movie is it towed the line of fantasy just enough in the sense that mm-hmm. uh, a, there was a female director back in the silent film era that, like, commanded enough respect that she was that level female director and that. Right when talkie started, there was a Mexican-American studio executive. Like, yeah, no way. It, this movie, like, sort of blends fantasy and reality in a weird... All, like, it toes the line so close, but it never goes over that it, like... It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, keep going. Mm-hmm. But then it brings you back down for a little, like, gut punch of realism every now and then, especially mm-hmm. with Sydney and, and Lady Feiju, who are, you know, people of color and queer... And, you know, facing blackface and then facing discrimination. And I'm glad that he didn't, you know, a lot of white directors get criticized for not featuring people of color as their leads. And I feel like some people do it out of, like, guilt or Mm -hmm. out of pressure. And then they kind of bat out of their league by casting, like, all black leads or all Hispanic or Asian leads. And then they don't really have the the depth to have those conversations but he does it just enough with sydney and with lady feiju that it it seems tasteful and not out of his element because it's still about jack and nelly and manny mm-hmm. but and those two people he he seems to care about enough to, and it's to make a comment about it i mean the comment about sydney's arc is very clear and very obvious but i i really enjoyed the comment enjoyed i really enjoy the commentary on Lady Feiju where every time she speaks with Jack, she's telling Jack about how she didn't get a role or she didn't get a part or she didn't, she didn't make it. She didn't get an audition. Like every time she's talking to Jack, Jack is just coming off of another movie and she's like, no, didn't get the part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're the only two people who we don't see or hear about passing away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jack dies, Eleanor dies, Nellie dies, Mm Sydney and Manny. 
and Lady Feiju, we just don't see them anymore because they've they've survived or they've walked away, right, um, with their dignity intact. And I thought it was just a really you don't you don't have to preach about it, especially if if this is not your element. Tell your stories, but you can still kind of pepper in those moments of respectfulness and, and diversity and inclusion Dude. while still doing what you do. Jovan, Jovan Adepo, is that how you say his last name? Mm-hmm. Top to bottom, whole movie, incredible. But the scene after he puts on the coal and is playing mm-hmm. trumpet, holy, My God. Great, man. that's like acting 101. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. To, like, to put forward that much emotion and that much subtext in playing the trumpet yeah Mm -hmm. get the fuck out of here dude he was incredible i mean he has like 10 lines total in the whole movie everything he does is internal and you know exactly what he's thinking what he's feeling in the position that he's in it's it's an, an incredible performance sean this movie owned out of my mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, like, I really wish, uh, being perfectly transparent, Josh and I started it yesterday, and we were like, we can watch it in parts. Like, it's three hours long. Like, we can watch a section, pick up later, or whatever. And we wound up sitting for the full three hours because mm-hmm. we could not look away. So I very much regret not seeing it in a theater. I so wish I'd seen it in a theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the, I mean, the party especially, because that's just the one that's promoted the most. But the first scene in the desert is so, it's just like bravura filmmaking at its best to culminate with the sunset and the kiss. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And then to go from that to the first talkie, it just like jumps, 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 and you don't have a moment to kind of like breathe because he's just like, look what the fuck I can do. And look at what the fuck it was like. Like, look what it, this is what it is. Hey, Josie! Hey, Nana! Why don't you kiss my royal Angelino pooch! Nelly. <laughs> Look at them. Not that, honey. So let's get to Josh. You had a, a point. About... My one, my one. I, I I hesitate to call it a qualm, but for the sake of the podcast, I'll call it a qualm. <laughs> I understand the need for Toby Maguire and his his crew to be after Nelly and after Manny, but they were already after Nelly and Manny before Manny and the Count. Fucking the Count before Manny and the Count went and gave them prop money. Mm-hmm. So, like, unless there was a meaning that I missed and I'm willing to accept that I missed something, it just seemed a little redundant to have us meet and be back where we started once they were all done with us. Because they were, they we had already acknowledged that, that Toby's character was going to come kill him anyway. So, you know. Well, uh, Manny wasn't really a part of it. I guess it was, just, yeah, it was only Nelly. And then it, it turned into Nelly. Manny. Yeah. For me, it was to show the underbelly of 
not not necessarily like Hollywood as the production term of it, but like we went from the glitz and the glam to the the seedy underground. I mean, literally, of, of what <laughs> literally of what quote unquote entertainment is like for these people, it's. It is watching people have sex. It is a fucking alligator on a chain. And then it is watching someone decapitate and eat a rat live. You know what? Yeah. Now that I'm, yeah, I'm agreeing with you that I'm stepping back and thinking about it. It's the, the worst possible thing. The most underground thing that Damien Chazelle put forward was not a fight club, not voyeurism, not people in cages. It was simply a man who would do anything for money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like the the wasn't familiar with your game, Damien. <laughs> I loved Toby Maguire in this so much too. The one line he says during that scene of "I thought we were going to make movies together." This is their form of entertainment. So this is, you know, this is the next thing for Hollywood. Clearly, like that's how delusional these people are. But that's also how bad it has gotten for him for manny i that scene i was sick to my stomach the whole time because it just keeps getting worse like yeah by levels you're like what what else is what else can be worse than this and then you're like oh worst thing is a man eating anything for money yeah and it's the conversation about like entertainment intertwined with trotting out animals uh, for like cruelty and distraction because they we start the movie climbing up a mountain with an elephant and we end the movie descending down into hell with an alligator and a rat Mm. these are what the people of hollywood are viewed as and how we just chew them up and spit them out and Mm. like i said it's not the deepest commentary or message but it's uh, the way he does it you just have to applaud his his guts to go for it Seriously, of, though, like, yeah, to, to go out on such a limb and show how ugly this industry can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, it, and it, 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 Toby says, he's like, I got the perfect guy. We can build a film franchise around him. Like, I got an idea. And he's talking about the dude eating the rats. And he's like, I can mm-hmm. we can we can make movies around him. But when he sees him, he's just like, haha, never mind. Eat a rat and throw some money mm-hmm. at him. It's like, that's all. Dude, this coupled with the scene where Nelly like gives up trying to be someone else. I look, Damien, <laughs> my man. I respect. He fucking hates capital E executives. Yeah, he mm-hmm. fucking hates the them. money. And I loved, I loved that scene. Like the disdain for like big money in Hollywood during that scene. Like, not and just it's big not money, subtle, but at not all. yeah, not just big money, but big money. It's people that have turned movies into a business instead of an art. And we've talked mm-hmm. about it before in the past, and we've talked about it in person. Just like there's now a new wave of people who see movies as a business instead of an art, and the unfettered hatred that Damien Chazelle seems to have for them <laughs> is beautiful. So but good. also knowing that through Manny's character, like there are some people that are willing to stomach it yep. to yeah. get to where they need to go. And that, 
that doesn't make Nellie worse or Manny better or Jack worse yeah. or or Sydney better. All these people at that party are having to stomach, you know, the questions and they're the, all playing the game. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. all playing the game. They're being condescended to. They're being asked about race and sexuality, and they're being made to dance and and play the game, like you said, Lisa. And it's for Nellie, it's too much. Like she can't she can't do it anymore. She literally cannot stomach it. Uh, yeah. Was the vomit too much? <laughs> um, it served. A, it was it, pretty gross. But it served it was, a purpose. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think for me it wasn't for laughs. I I don't think mm-hmm. it was intended to like try and be funny. It was. Mm. It was the only other level he could take it to to like stick it to the man. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, and like, <laughs> And with that, like, with that, that's why I think the commentary landed so hard with me is because that, like, it's clear that he hates the people that are just in it to make a buck. But, but the nuance he added to it with, like, there are people like, like Manny who are fighting for it, like Nelly who are, who are trying to keep themselves afloat, or even like Gene Smart's character, Eleanor, who are, who are sort of mixed in with, or, or mixed in with all of it. Or even to, like, shout out fucking Chloe Feynman from SNL. Like, her <laughs> character is clearly, like, wants to be the next Nelly and is just stomaching it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the nuance and the sprinkling of the characters who aren't the target of this commentary to, to, to intermix them with the characters who are the target, I think, made that scene really strong. I want you to me. know that. Mm-hmm. What I do means something to millions of people. My folks didn't have the money or the education to go to the theater, so they went to the vaudeville houses, and then the Nickelodeons, and you know what? There's beauty there. What happens up on that screen means something. Maybe not to you in your ivory tower, but for real people on the ground, it means something. Jack, I... I have no idea what you're talking about. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. A hundred thousand people see you on Broadway and it's the smash of the century, right? Well, here it's a flop. A fucking flop. So do me a favor, darling. Save your subtext recommendations for your pretentious Eugene O'Neill, Henrik Ibsen jerk-offs that only a handful of rich geriatrics give two fucks about. And I'll do what I do. Without what I've help. seen, at least the breaking point for certain people, whether you love it or you hate it, if you survive the three hours, is the ending of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a, an epilogue where you have Manny going back to Kinescope and seeing where he where he escaped from and where he started. In the beginning of the movie, it's just one little small sign in the middle of, of the desert. Now it's this huge movie studio. He walks down the street. Buildings have been torn down. The only thing that's left is a movie theater. He goes inside. He falls asleep. And they're playing Singing in the Rain. And he sees Singing in the Rain for the first time. And the ending of the movie kind of flows into this huge montage. Breaks the fourth wall. And you get a flurry of movies from... The beginning of the industry till now with mm-hmm. uh, Avatar, and um, 
people love it or people hate it. What did you guys think? I loved every second I loved of it. it. I loved it. <laughs> I cried the whole way through. I I, I did. I, I, I was emotional because you're watching you've been following these people and their emotional journeys so you're attached to the 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 emotional life of these characters while also watching real history of cinema and filmmaking and so and I mean we're all involved in this industry in one way or another and want to be involved in this industry so we have these emotional ties to the characters we've just spent three hours with and our own emotional ties to the industry, watching how it has changed and evolved and grown and knowing the people that, like Nellie, that they have chewed up and spit out and moved past and the people that they've put on pedestals like Jack, but who still got left by the wayside and was not fully fulfilled. Like... It's such a perfectly poignant montage for people in who 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 get it or who at least yeah. feel it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. I don't. I don't see. I mean, I wouldn't. I would have. I understand it got a little long, especially when the um, was it like film reel, water, ink, whatever the hell that was. Mm-hmm. That can get a little much. I understand, but yeah. I think it was so. I think it's it hits hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bella. Oh, I loved it. I completely agree with Lacey. Is sometimes things don't have to be for everyone, and I feel like this is for people who love movies. Whether mm-hmm. you're in them, whether you watch them, whether you work in the industry, or whether you're just simply someone who is like, I don't care to be an actor. I could never speak or you know be do public speaking but i love just simply watching a movie and i feel like the ending is for that person or for all those people that i just named so it's not necessary i get the people who are like i don't get it It, you didn't get it because you didn't get it and that's really it's not not for you yeah it's it's not for you i've noticed a weird thing especially with the ending is there's a there's a there will always be a section of people out there who are a little cynical about movies and art and what have you. Some of us have taken part in that practice from time to time. <laughs> but, this is literally what our podcast is about. <laughs> but, but this ending and the movie as a whole already, like it kind of beats you to the punch of being cynical. Mm. And so unless you can like accept that and be like, yeah, this is a cynical movie and it's got a cynical ending, but also a weirdly hopeful ending that's tied up with it. Yeah. If you're not willing to, if you're always combative about it and be like, well, no, then it sucks. Like if you're willing to accept that this movie has a layer of cynicism that comes with it inherently, I think it helps a lot with the viewing. Like you said at the beginning, La La Land is Damien Chazelle's like perfect optimistic view of what, this town can be this town in air quotes and it feels like this movie is kind of the exact opposite of that coin yeah in the same way that la la land does have some sad dark moments to it Mm -hmm. babylon has some really lovely hopeful moments to it but ultimately it's it's the it's the underbelly Mm -hmm. yeah but it's also it kind of lives or dies on on diego calva's face oh my god yes that's Um, what i was gonna say keep going Keep going. Yeah, he, he, 
I don't know. He's incredible. Like, like I like you guys said, I can get why people. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I get it. It's not for you. But I think he's so he has to be a cipher and also reactionary, and also has to carry the entire thread of the movie for three hours, and then he sits down in that theater, and it's all there like the joy the first time it's not subtle the first time you've seen the matrix the first time you watched the wizard of oz and and dorothy opens the door like it's all on his face and and i remember seeing singing in the rain for the first time and and just wanting to cry when he when gene kelly starts that that number and it's there on his face because not only does he love movies that's what he and nelly talk about over a, a mountain of coke but he also got to be a part of it mm-hmm. and this movie that he's watching now singing in the rain the jazz singer exists in babylon and then singing in the rain is about the jazz singer in in real life and it kind of uh it's a great melding of of fantasy and and fiction fantasy in real life like you said josh and all of that is is on his face it's Dude. just so 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 good hey so academy good. what the fuck Dude. Now y'all know why I was screaming at the Oscars. <laughs> but you don't have Diego Calva in there. Like uh, Margot Robbie, Gene Smart, Brad Pitt, all of them aside. To not have Diego Calva yeah. out there was criminal. I agree. Like this is very much a, a cynical view of Hollywood and what it can be and what it is. But Diego's final beat, uh, like my interpretation of that after all that pain and seeing like that's my story on the screen that they're mocking and retelling like that's my life (laughs) that I am getting zero credit for watching that bitter and sweetness of it all to then have that the faintest of faint smiles of like and I'd do it all again because it's all it's because it's magic it's magic Yeah. Um, it's just so like I'm emotional about it. It's so powerful. I just mm-hmm. I just read that Damien Chazelle basically said that like the meaning of it all behind the ending is that like that Manny is just happy. I think he called it uh, to be one frame in the ongoing reel of <laughs> like, and that's how Manny feels about it. And it's like that's that exact like Diego Calva puts that forward exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. like that's that's the my other favorite scene in the whole movie. I'm sorry, Rashawn, we've completely commandeered your your episode. Our but, movie now. I am <laughs> shocked silent. Please take it. <laughs> but that's my other favorite scene in the movie is the scene between Jack and Eleanor. Dude, that's what I was talking about at the top. Yeah. Let's talk about it's, it. It's devastating. Holy mm-hmm. Yeah, but weirdly beautiful and comforting too. But she never, I mean, Jean Smart is, yeah, that's who you get for Mm -hmm. that part. But she never drops her coldness. Yes. She's Mm -hmm. she's telling him, she's telling him exactly what it is. Yeah. This is the reality of it. This is, it's done. It's over. But here's what I can offer you. And I feel like the wrong note or the wrong direction could have her like put her arm on his shoulder and kind of give him a hug. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't have time for this. This is what it is. Accept it. And he thanks her for it. And it's just like, ah. 
And also, like, you've been in the business long enough. You knew this was coming. Like, mm-hmm. you know this is part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the framing stays on Brad Pitt, but he doesn't turn around, and it's just the quietest. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude. And also, this, I could talk about this scene. I could do a whole episode on this scene. <laughs> but the fact that they got Brad Pitt at at this stage in his career, at this point in his life, the stars aligning with yeah. this casting and this part. And, like, Brad Pitt fucking destroys this role. Because he is still, especially with his entrance at the party, like, that's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't argue that, like, He's got some of the most charisma and movie star appeal maybe ever in movies. And, like, you can tell. And then to couple that with that final scene hit me like a semi going 80 miles an hour, dude. I don't know why. His scene, scene, sorry, his scene with with Gene Smart. Not his final scene. His final scene was great too, but like that scene, yeah, yeah. just ever, the way that Gene Smart said it, how the frame held on her for like four minutes straight, mm-hmm. his reaction at the end of it. And I think, I think too, with the ending of Babylon, you can't look at it in a vacuum. To me, the ending and that, and that Eleanor Jack scene make each other stronger because what she's saying is like, 50 years from now, people are going to see this and they're going to think of you as a friend that you're immortalized. And, and Damien Chazelle, to me, how I took it was at the end was basically saying, see, told you so. Most Mm. of those scenes, like from wizard of Oz to avatar, they're instantly recognizable Mm -hmm. because you only see like a couple of frames per movie, but But that's that's Damien Chazelle going, see, these are immortal. Dorothy is immortal. Yeah. Eleanor was right. God, it's good, dude. What the hell? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think when I, I mean, I've only seen it once, but it took me a minute to let that scene sink in. Mm-hmm. And I think that is due to the pace of it. Because we talked about at the top how from literally the beginning of the film, but like it's a party. And it's going like you feel like you've done that mountain of coke up until that scene with Gene Smart. And I think I was just so like riding that high that when it sunk into just a simple conversation with these very simple shots, I didn't know how to feel. And so I'm like taking in this information and it's a beautiful piece of dialogue and the acting's great. And I'm like, I know this is good. Because you, I think when we walked out, you were like, I didn't really like that scene. Yeah, I was like, I didn't really like it. And you were like, what? And I'm like, I know I have to like it. I know it's good. It, <laughs> it has two of the best actors in it. Like I said, the, the writing's amazing. And I'm like, why didn't I like it? And then after I let the movie kind of sit with me, I'm like, no, it was actually really fucking good. I just was so on the roller coaster of the party of Babylon that when it finally got to the reality of it, it fucking hit me, which is which probably is, how Jack felt. Right. And that's exactly what it was supposed to do. But I was like, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah. and neither was Jack, bitch. <laughs> and we can be happy, but we have to live Nanny. now. Nanny. It's the end of the road for me. This is it for me. Callate. 
It's not. I'm at peace with that. I'm not mad anymore, Nelly. Nelly, You go to Mexico without me. What the fuck am I gonna do without you? I'm not going anywhere without you. No entiende? Entiende? Te amo. Te amo, Nelly. Te amo, te amo, te amo, te amo, te amo, te amo desde siempre. I think I'm good for you. I don't think I'm very good for you. Nelly, I want to marry you. I want to make you so happy every day. Okay, it's my only job from now on. But we have to live now. My one note, and this is if I have to pick something. I hope I'm hosting this episode, but whatever. I wish that the when we're going through the news play, newspaper clippings and we're fast forwarding and we hear that you know we're at Jack's funeral and then we hear about Eleanor I wish we did not know that Nellie died I think mm. Nellie's final moment um waltzing out into the darkness and we never see her again is such a beautiful note to end her character on yep and then you see her like it, it's still effective because she's in this very small a section of the of the newspaper and you're like well she's they found her dead she's she's gone but i think making her this ghost that kind of barrels into the movie crashing into a statue and then the last time we see her she's dancing off into the night would have been so effective That's like, like, i agree margot robbie I, is fearless and, and i think that would have just done her performance even even more justice this is margot robbie's role this was crazy but i yeah. liked it at the time i didn't i'll need to think about that i don't know i liked it at the time because it starts with you get jack's funeral like it's big mm-hmm. whatever then it cuts to eleanor's death is on the front page above above the page break like this iconic film writer passed away mm-hmm. and then it fast forward and it's just when it gets to nelly's death finally and she's only what 34 it said mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When it gets to Nelly's death, it's on the bottom of the front page in like this tiny insert, like barely a footnote. And you see her go from nobody to the biggest star in the world to essentially what this town considers a nobody again mm-hmm. in what, six years? Yep. <laughs> I think I had a very similar opinion on Jack's death. And that was only I just didn't want to see it's been a minute but he grabs the gun right do we see him grab a gun you see him you, you walks, see the blood oh you see yeah, the blood he walks into the bathroom and kind of like paces back and one time he paces you see the gun in his hand I, yeah i think that's what i very similarly i kind of just wanted him to grab the gun pace a couple times and then close the door and then not see the blood and that's not really anything about it being gory or anything like that but i think the whole he's closing the door on everything would have been more solid just like Nellie walking and dancing off into the night and mm-hmm. not knowing she's dead because we we're gonna infer that she, they're both dead I d- from everything I mean, that happened before I liked it for Jack because I, I think in the scene before both on the set and when he spoke to um, what's her name Lady in the, yeah mm-hmm. that he seemed like I'm good yeah like I, I think the scene with, I think that's why I like it too. The scene with Gene Smart with Eleanor affected him 
so deeply that he was like, okay, I'll make one more, maybe two more. I'll do my friends a favor. Like he says on the phone, am I, am I bailing you out? Am I, is this a piece of shit? Am I bailing you out? Okay. He's doing them a favor. He spoke to his friend one last time at the bar. He's good. He knows he's immortal. So mm-hmm. he's happy with that. Wow. Um, we didn't, t- only thing we didn't talk about the snake scene, but that was, that was great. I mean, it's just silly. That's just silly. silly. Yeah. It was a, it, it, the, I know it was a fantasy and I know it's fake, but it lasted a little, like a, maybe a minute too long where I was like, okay, she'd be dead now. Yeah. But I know that's part of the movie and that's, yeah. that's the allure of Babylon and that's what it is. But it was, great. I it think was that nice. was, that was maybe Brad Pitt's best moment and for a lot of subtle moments that he had in this that scene in the, mm-hmm. where everyone's losing it it's just a t- like a tight on him perfectly mm-hmm. still mm. and then the last thing i i personally just want to talk about is justin Hurwitz, who's a, i've been singing his praises this entire time i have that score on rotation it's a good score, it's so man. good uh, Voodoo Mama is obviously like one of the highlights. It was in the trailers. It's in the at the party, but even Manny and Nelly's theme, and then kind of the recurring motifs and how it kind of intertwines some of La La Land score. Into I was the... thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought I was going yeah. crazy. No, no, no. It's yeah, definitely. Yeah, there is a note progression that City of Stars also has, and yeah. I was like, Am I going crazy? You know, it's the same. Yeah, definitely. Which is you know kind of obviously intentional because they reunited from la la land but yeah it's a it's a great score it's so good and i I loved it anything else (laughs) i you can ask mel she was like what do you think how you think it's gonna go and i was like maybe josh maybe josh might be in the middle have no hope with lacy (laughs) (laughs) i think lacy liked it more than i did I That's loved crazy. it. I it would have been in my top five for sure. Yeah, same. She, she called it a masterpiece to Sam earlier today. Mm-hmm. Has he seen it yet? Mm-mm. Oh my god, I'm scared. I'll be, I'll be interested to see what he Me too. He's gonna hate it. He's gonna hate it. <laughs> He's gonna hate it. It's <laughs> too cynical. Okay, y'all. That is that's that's our review of of, of uh, I do have a game. Duh. Uh, <laughs> Shouts out to to Rory. Rory. It was it wasn't divisive. I honestly was so scared that I was gonna dislike it because of the reviews that I was kind of avoiding watching it. So thank you, Rory, for making me watch it. As much as this was like a a a horrific flashlight onto what the industry is and can be, uh, it's a movie for dreamers and it's Mm -hmm. a movie for people who who want to create art and who want to be immortal. immortal. And it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to play a game? Me! <laughs> I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch like or a mile. guessing games. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Really bad. I'm... Petrified. I'm so scared because you definitely did not think this was going to go the way it did. And your games are usually mean on those but days. <laughs> a few weeks ago, you promised to stop doing that. He didn't, you guys. He said, I had to make them a little harder for you. Quote. 
Where he promised he'd stop making vengeful games. He did, like, but he, I'm saying he he did he lied. <laughs> Josh is right, and Carmela's also right. I did promise to stop doing that, and I didn't do that to, this week. But when I said I need to make it hard, I just meant like the questions I need to make it a little harder because oh. mm. some of these are kind of easy. But no revenge gaming, I promise. Okay. This week's game is called Everything's Going to Change, which I might be misquoting paraphrasing what Manny says to Jack on the phone after he sees the jazz singer. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a few moments in this movie where people sit in a packed theater and react to a movie, whether it be with shock or awe or elation. There are rapturous um, reactions to movies. So I have a few movies that I am going to describe that have had very iconic or notable reactions from audiences. Mm. Mm. Also, in three tiers, I'm going to give you first, for three points, the emotions and reactions that the audience gave us during during watching these movies. For two points, I will give you a very subtle, hopefully vague description of the movie or a moment in the movie that elicited a reaction. And then for one point, I will give you a line from the movie that elicited a reaction. Okay. All you have to do is tell me the name of the movie. Perfect. I got one in mind that if you don't use, I'm screwed. I know, me too. I I have three. Wait, don't say, but is it a horror movie? Yes. Okay. I wonder if Mel and I are thinking of the same movie. I think so. So, just for, yeah, just for suggestion's sake, these are very well-known movies that have had very well-known audience reactions. Okay. First movie. For three points, the audience was anticipating, they had excitement, and goosebumps. It's gotta be. And Mm. only one guess per... For a movie? movie? (gasps) Yeah. I'm taking a swing. I don't care. Go for it. Avengers Endgame. That is correct. Let's go, dude. Let's go. What? Come on! Can you tell us what what the other things you had? Yes. I knew Josh would get that. (laughs) I told you they were too easy. No. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Carmella and I sitting here. They are? The audience watched as an old friend returns at the hero's lowest moment. On your left. And he says, on your left. Okay. All right. Would the third one have helped? The line, on your yeah. left? Mm-hmm. Nah. Yes. Girl. No. Not me. Not little me. <laughs> she was asleep. With the charade. Oh, maybe. I was charading Hawkeye because that's a celebration I do a lot. Hawkeye was not involved in that moment at all. So. Oh, I would have said um, Marvel <laughs> <For or> something. <laughs> okay, that was Avengers Endgame. Yes, Josh is in the lead with three points. The next movie, the audience produced the audience reaction of sacrilege, shock, and disbelief for three points. I'll just Lacey. go for it. The Exorcist. That's what I was going to say. That is correct. That's, yes! what, I That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Also. But I thought you were going to say that they threw up. 
Because audience uh, members were like throwing up. Yeah. For I should have just trusted my gut for the first one, didn't trust her the second one, and look what happened. The audience watched as a mother was helpless to save her daughter from evil. And they listened, as someone yeah. said, and I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. Oh, I <laughs> thought you were going to say one of their crazier lines. No, I'm not repeating Your mother either. sucks cocks and hell. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> a classic. Uh, that was The Exorcist. Lacey's in the lead it. with three points. All right. Our next Trust movie. I'm here now. Our next movie prompted surprise, gasps, and lots of cheering. Cheering changes things. For three points. Lacey. Joker. Mm, that is incorrect. I'm sorry. Lacey, okay. Out. All right. For two points, they watched as a villain revealed a long-held truth to our young hero. Josh. Yes, Star Wars. Which one is he saying? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. Return of the Jedi. That is incorrect. Josh Fucking Rob. hell. All right, Mel. And they listened as someone said, no, I am your father. Thank you for getting the correct quote. <laughs> Sorry, Star Taylor. Wars. Okay. I won't even ask for the episode number. Just get the subtitle oh, correct. Oh, thank God. Star Wars. How many do you know? I know honestly. A New Hope. <laughs> okay. That's, that's the that's, first one. Well, a, technically, that's the first one. I've seen. Um, <laughs> that's episode four, answer. right? Yes. Good job. An, is a new legacy one? Nope. Okay. I need an <laughs> answer. <laughs> legacy Star- is not in any of them. Ooh, well, I made a new one. Star Wars, the oh, he already said that. The Last Jedi. Oh no, Mama! That is part of the very new trilogy. It's Empire. This was Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. For some reason, it feels like that was I. I can't. You know, I usually when I watch them growing up, I watch them one, two, three, like back, back, back. So, like, I can't fathom that that reveal came in the second movie. That feels like such a big third movie reveal to me. You know what I mean? It's very... That's why the second in a trilogy is always the darkest because of Empire. Right. Because it ends with that reveal and he cuts his hand off. Mm. Um, Spoilers. That was Empire Strikes Back. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to watch it. (laughs) Were you? Our next movie prompted audiences to cover their eyes. They were screaming and holding their armrest. I gotta go with it. I gotta go. Gotta make a big splash. Paranormal activity. That is incorrect. Fuck. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Josh, you're out. (gasps) Oh! Mella? Blair Witch Project. That is incorrect. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, then I'll wait. Oh, Lacey's got free reign. No! For two points. They watched as the lone survivor wonders about her relentless attacker. Which one? Which one is it? So many. Oh. Wonders about her hopeless attacker. Wonders about her relentless attacker. Wonders. Mm -hmm. About. Never mind. And for one point. Uh, Wait. They listen. 
Okay, go ahead. They listened, as a character said, he really was the boogeyman. Yeah. I was going to say Halloween. Well, you got one point. Look at you. At one point, my win. Halloween. You are now in the lead. Hey. That was 1978's Halloween. Our next movie left our audience queasy, solemn, and repentant. See, I would have guessed The Exorcist for this one. Yeah. So three points. I'm not risking it. I'll play safe now. For two points, they watched as a martyr prayed for those who persecute him as he makes the ultimate sacrifice. Josh. That, that's a fucking passion of the Christ. Uh, that is the passion of the Christ. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Shouts out to Renee. <laughs> Joshua. Did you watch that? I was in the theater queasy ass fuck okay i remember that yeah. uh, i remember watching that and being i've never watched it I, i've never watched it but oh. i remember everyone talking about I it. i went to it's bible rough. camp like it's six rough. years in a row i get it and they listened as a character said forgive them father they know not what they do and they listened as someone said that's jesus christ <laughs> no jesus, jesus stop christ. laughing carmella uh Josh has is now in the lead with five uh, points. It's anyone's game. Anyone's game. Is it? Yes. <laughs> trust me. Okay. Our next movie had our audiences listening in awe, clapping, cheering, and even giving standing ovations. Listening. It could be so many. It's gotta be music related. Standing O. Listening. For three points. Mm-mm. For two points, they watched as this cast aside diva delivers a final war cry. <laughs> it's not right, but I just want to say it. Lacey? Is it burlesque? No. <laughs> Mella Bella. Is it Dream Girls? It is Dream Girls. Ah! Yes. And they listen. As a character said, a, you're, you're gonna, gonna love me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is Dreamgirls 2006. I wanted to be in an audience where people stood up so bad, and then I went, and the audience was dull as fuck. I was pissed. Damn. I was like, the reports are a lie. Our next movie left audiences in complete shock and disbelief. They were either really, really bored. Or really, really terrified. Lacey. The Blair Witch Project. That's incorrect. Damn it! Joshua Better. That's gotta be paranormal activity. That is paranormal activity. What? Bored? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. People were bored. Mm-hmm. Did they see Skinnamarink? That's <laughs> 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 a stray. <laughs> Sam. It, was, it was such a nice episode. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Skinny. I got you. I, I'm, a whacker, I'm a whacker for you. <laughs> that was like okay. all of us just sitting around the table, drinking coffee, <laughs> chatting. Lacey just pulled out a revolver. <laughs> blew, my, blew my brains out. <laughs> what? The? No, she just shot me in the kneecap. Paranormal yeah. activity die. is like the least boring. Blair oh Witch is God. so much more boring that than was... paranormal. Kneecap. Relax. <laughs> kneecap. Talk about walk it off. You'll be fine. 
Fuck it off. Your mom's ugly too. Like just out of nowhere, like, just yeah. boop, 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 boop. and fuck your mama too. They watched as a couple unwilling unwillingly welcomes in a new house guest, and they listened as the character said, "I think we'll be okay now." Oh my god! Our next movie left audiences with clenched knuckles and tight lipped before being completely blindsided. Finally, <laughs> in on the terrifying secret. No, no, no. I was going to joke, but I forgot I only get one guess. <laughs> Can I tell you what my joke one was going to be, knowing that it's not true? Sure. It's going to say unstoppable. <laughs> For two points, they watched as a young boy confided in his most trusted friend about a special power he possesses. Nope. Josh. That is the sixth sense. That is correct. Mm. And they listened as someone said, I see. The mom poisoning the daughter. Uh, oh no! It's the tent when you tent, see yeah. her. Yeah, the pa, pa, pa. yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't she putting like pine salt in her soup or something like that? Some yeah, sort of chemical. Uh, she's yeah, poisoning. Like cleaning just a cleaning agent. chemical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but when you but finally I, see her with the yeah, because the camera's going up with the tent and then it back down like to my Blah. floor. <laughs> I saw that scene too young. Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. Also, the can I show you my dad's gun? M. Night? Okay. Uh, This last movie left audiences hyped and gobsmacked, taking it on one long adrenaline-fueled chase. For three points. (gasps) Oh! Oh, shit! What's it called? Oh, no! Bullet Train! That'd be sick. (laughs) Thanks, babe. You're welcome. I mean, am I wrong? Yes. No. Uh, Okay. uh, I was nice about your movie. Your turn. (laughs) For two points, they watched as outlaws came together to take down a vicious patriarchy of the past, present, and future. I don't know. Josh? Okay, Thelma and Louise. Josh, what? No. Outlaws take another patriarchy. It's mm. close. Can I guess again? Melabella? No, you cannot. They I guess- listened okay. as a character said, What a day. What a lovely day. The harder they fall. Hmm. Dude, I don't <laughs> fucking know. I just heard Outlaws and I went with the it. The audiences were watching Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, oh you not- didn't say it right. You didn't say the line right. I'm not screaming it. <laughs> I ain't Do you got any no silver oil in my mouth. <laughs> What's the total? I forgot. With a total of ten, Josh, you are the winner. <laughs> Things are going to uh, what of the everything's title, going to change. Everything gonna. I was born <laughs> by the rail. Congratulations, Josh. That was hard. <laughs> that was hard. Thanks. Um, was that? Was that? Rashawn, will you? Yes. Rashawn, it wasn't a revenge game, though. I thought it was really fun. Editing, Rashawn, will you just splice Lacey saying congratulations? That was hard, and will you just send that to me privately? Oh my god! <laughs> Are you kidding right now? Hold on, I'm doing some recalculating. Um, Somehow, I I mysteriously by a clear, win. Clear, clear front runner, Lacey. You are now the winner of yes! the game. <laughs> yes. 
I don't know what happened. Some some points just like shifted over. Woo! I bodied that shit. I bodied but it. But yes, yes, I listened to Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping things up, we can all agree that Rory is amazing and mm-hmm. one of our favorite listeners. Thank you for that email. We can agree that Babylon is a relentless, vulgar, passionately directed masterpiece. Everyone? Yes, I yes. Okay. Uh, with a fantastic ensemble cast, a maybe not so subtle message, but a love and condemnation of movies, past, present, and future. Period. Per. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation, connecting an actor from this week's film to an actor from next week's film. So, who can find the fastest connection between. Uh, Ooh, shout out to Spike Jones, little cameo, but I'm not going to use it. <laughs> um, Margot Robbie and Colin Farrell. Let's go. Ooh. I think I got it. I got it. No, I, you can have it. It's your man. Thank you. <laughs> Margot Robbie was in The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio who was in The Departed with Matt Damon who was in Good Will Hunting with Ben Affleck who was in Daredevil with Colin Farrell. Hell yeah, Joshua. Good job. (laughs) It's a good day for you. I'm happy for you. Bring... uh, Hey, Feige. Go ahead and bring him back for Bullseye. Go ahead. Can you imagine, dude? Colin Farrell coming back for, like, Dark Daredevil, Netflix Daredevil Bullseye. Bricked up. Uh, congrats, Holy Josh. It's your day, babe. Thanks. How does how this become Josh's episode? What the fuck <laughs> is that about? <laughs> My Love day. from beneath you. Whatever. I love you. That's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we would love if you like, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion, like Rory, for a new episode, or you just want to show us some love, hate, or indifference, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. Go watch Singing in the Rain. It's lovely. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. From Rashawn. Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and turn this up because we're about to play Booty Mama. Let's go! Let's go.